Welcome back, everybody, to Innovative Leadership. I am Ryan Stickle. Back with me all the way from Miami, Florida, is Stephanie Hurd. Hello. How's, how's it going? It's going are, well. Are you awake? Are you recovered? I'm I'm pretty awake, <laughs> recovered questionably. I'll be better on Monday. <laughs> it is a Friday, so I don't know if that helps or hurts. Um, there's hopefully a little Friday energy here. but There is, for sure. Um, we are back. Uh with a guest this episode, last episode, a little bit of a recap, some just general discussion, kind of unpacking what we've learned so far. But we're back with a guest, which is very exciting. Joining us today is Herb Smith. He's the district governor of Rotary District 7360. Is that is that the preferred way? 7360? I don't I never know when it's four digits like that, how to pronounce it. Absolutely. To, with us, yeah, you seven, just rattle off the number. Seven. All right. So Herb, thank you for joining us. First Absolutely. Off. Uh, this my is pleasure. awesome. In my minimal interaction with you, I can already tell this is going to be a fun episode. You seem like an awesome, fun guy. So I'm really looking forward to this. Um, just to start out, tell us about yourself, what you do, and how you got involved with it. Your your bridge life story, my, if you will. <laughs> my bridge life story, the, uh, the uh, college abbreviated version. So, well, I have the cliff notes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we all use those in college. <laughs> Uh, well, I am uh, the first district governor for Washington County since Paul Fry, uh, who is in the Hagerstown Rotary Club. He was uh, part of the other district before we merged. So a little bit about me. I'm a longtime Washington County resident. My family has been involved in the county structure from early on. My father uh, who's no longer with us? He started out as a fire chief, and then he went on to help start nine one one in the Washington County area. Back wow. then, when I was a kid, it was just called Fire and Rescue Service, and you call it a three hundred one seven nine seven something number to to call for the <laughs> fire department. So my dad was uh, help there putting nine one one in place. So, but uh, then he was uh, planning and zoning commission and then my mom was town council so i my family's been very heavily involved in the county and i follow suit with that this county is a incredible county uh i got my start uh, with rotary international in 2012 when my husband after three years of helping him with our club's uh auction and dinner because uh, initially it was like, well, we need some muscle to move some tables and hold up these big, huge oriental rugs. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And then, of course, after three years, I finally said, what exactly do you guys do with this money? <laughs> Long story short, here I am, you know, uh, 13 years later, or I'm sorry, 11 years later, and I'm the district governor for uh, District 7360, which encompasses most of central Pennsylvania, the western part of Maryland from Washington County out, and the panhandle, the th what we call the thumb of West Virginia. Nice. Wow. So that's a that's a pretty big It is a there. very big district. Wow. Yes. I'm the third largest district in our in our zone. Wow. I mean, yeah, because I mean you just came here telling us about your your long travels from that, that you've been doing. Pennsylvania, which is my most northern club. Yep. How much of your time is spent traveling like that? Well, today was four hours and 43 minutes, <laughs> one way. Wow. Um, but I think the longest journey I had was probably Countersport, which is exactly five hours wow. away. So I imagine you're getting out, seeing all different types of people, different types of towns and Absolutely. areas. It's, cool. it's actually really incredible, some of the stuff that you see in our district um, as I travel through it. In fact, uh, 
the funny thing is, and I think probably Stephanie saw the picture, um, when, before I became district governor, I decided to take three months and take and go up and visit some of my clubs up in the north to let them get to know who I am, get to know those clubs a little bit. Well, when I was coming back from Countersport, I happened to just come upon this huge, over 20 feet tall statue of Sailor kissing a girl. And that's from the famous picture of the New York City where the sailor had just come back from the war and he was kissing a girl. Well, this person had this 20 foot, had to be more than 20 feet tall statue that was carved out of wood. And I wow. couldn't stop to take a picture. Long story short, and I say that a lot. And anytime I say that, just say too late. <laughs> <laughs> I started asking the clubs up in the Emporium and Encounters where I'm like, does anybody know anything about this? And they all looked at me like I was absolutely insane. Like I dreamt it. I imagined it. Really? Yeah. But finally a Rotarian up there was driving past it and she goes, oh my God, that's the statue. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my insanity is for real. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know there, I know there's so much to talk about, about your, your district, uh, district governor servant mm -hmm. service. Um, can you just maybe for listeners that don't know or aren't familiar, can you start off with just a brief explanation of what Rotary is in general? I knew you were going to ask that. So great question. I have several different versions. And what I like to have my Rotarians uh, plan for is what we call the elevator speech. And I think you've actually heard of this before. The elevator speech is an 11 second synopsis or uh, description of what rotary is yep. so 11 seconds is the elevator doors close what's rotary well our club in my neck of the woods we work directly in our community we work with other nonprofit organizations to actually do projects with uh, citizens or we actually work in other countries to rebuild develop those communities like my club built three wells in Desaline, Haiti. Uh, we work to make things better, give people a brighter future, and in this year, give them hope. That's amazing. And nice. that's a teaser. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what it's supposed to be. Yep. Just to get you interested, mm -hmm. give you a little idea about yeah. it. Yeah. I, I always tell people with Rotary, I mean, it's obviously, it's a service club, mm -hmm. but it's mission, just you hit on it, you know, spans so much from your local community to the work around the world. Whatever your passion is, you can find a rotary project to get involved. In. Absolutely. Like it is, it can be an avenue to connect you with however you want to serve or give back. Absolutely. One of the things that I love about And it. as you know, Stephanie, uh, Rotary International, we have seven areas of focus, which helps each rotary club and each district work in their communities or globally with those seven areas. Can you? Tell us a little bit. I know um, prior to moving up in the district leadership levels, you were very heavily involved in club leadership. Tell yeah. us a little bit about what what that involved um, and how the experience has been different going from club leadership to district. So leadership. when I first joined, I was just a regular rot Rotarian, little worker bee. And even to this day as a district governor, I'm a still worker bee. Um, but uh, it quickly became, a you know, apparent to everybody that, you know, Herb needs to help us with some other ideas in the club. So they asked me to join the club and family services, which I always nickname as social director. Uh, our current one is Jeannie Massey, who's in our club. She does a fantastic job. But what I did is developed socials, um, get ups together. Um, and uh, when I did that, we were getting ready to celebrate our 25th 
anniversary of Hagerstown Sunrise. So I emceed and planned the 25th anniversary. From there, it quickly became clear that I needed to do more in the leadership of the club. So they asked me to be the club secretary. And in our club, the way it's structured is you start as a secretary. The next year, you're the vice president or the president-elect. And then you're the president of the club, which I did all three. (laughs) (laughs) Can you talk about, because a big part of Rotary is being involved with the community when you start at that smaller level. For people who might be more cynical or might not understand the value of community involvement, can you just talk about, I mean, I'm sure you could go on for a while, the, the value of being involved in your community and knowing what's going on? So, yes. And here's, I'm going to give you an example. We call these rotary moments when a Rotarian experiences something on a personal level, um, something that they've done with rotary in their community. And I'll share my rotary story uh, in a second. But what the importance of Rotary's involvement in the community is to make the community better and stronger, not doing it single-handedly. Like um, I work with the Washington County Commission on Aging with Amy Allock over there to help uh, spearhead and get funds and make sure people are aware the financial need that they have. Uh, Tonight, I'm gonna be attending the Habitat for Humanity. uh, I think it's called a hoedown something fundraiser (laughs) for them. but Rotary connects all the uh, pieces together because we are, again, like Stephanie said, we're a service organization. We're volunteers. Every one of us, all the way up to the president of Rotary International, we're all volunteers, and we like to do what we call service above self. To make it clear about our partnerships, when I was the president of my club, uh, our my community service director said, uh, I've got our district grant project now. To back up, each club, if they donate money to the Rotary Foundation, which is our holding, our bank, so to speak, uh, in three years, a third of that money comes right back to the club so that we can do projects in our community, directly in our community. So that year, we had about $3,000 that was coming back to us. And my community service person said, I've got our project. And you probably have heard it. It's called Children in Need. They're right there in the Jonathan Street air area. It's a very heavy Latino and African-American population. But this organization operates in the basement of an old, and I mean old, elementary school. And when he first took me there, uh, we went to the backside of it. And I, the, the way it looked, I thought we were going there by drugs. That's how really deplorable it was. So we went in there and looked around and saw what we needed to do. We needed to paint. We needed to scrape and clean. We built some sorting boxes for these ladies of 75 and older who were in there sorting clothes clothes and lightly used toys and sneakers and stuff. But this organization gives these clothes and even toy two toys at Christmas time. And they just did a bicycle thing. I think last year they gave a bicycle away to kids who needed it. So by us getting in there, cleaning up, making it clean, painting it, keeping it fresh, we even put in a brand new sink. We put a beautiful portico uh, entrance, a little roof, and they were that way they're sheltered. And we did a wheelchair ramp. It's absolutely beautiful to look at now. But this is the rotary moment is when we did the ribbon cutting 
I had a young boy whose mom goes in there frequently and he came up and he said, thank you. My mom feels safe to come in here now. Mm. That's a rotary moment. Wow. That's, that's what makes our organization very special. That's awesome. And so an aspect of that is helping people, but also helping the community at large from an economic standpoint. Absolutely. And can you talk about some initiatives going on right now? I believe there's one going on with it has to do with you doing a polar plunge <laughs> with a certain amount of money raised. So <laughs> we're still fighting polio. Uh, Rotary is uh, most commonly known for eradicating polio. We have not totally eradicated it from the globe and everybody seems to think just because it's not here in this country, we don't have polio. Mm. Well, that is a bad, bad, bad myth. Uh, we have two countries, Afghanistan and Pakistan has cases right now. I think we're currently sitting at 22 cases. We have now been gained entry into those countries. So we are now starting to vaccinate those children uh, and some of the uh, older children. But we, back in 1949, when we started the polio vaccines, we worked with the World Health Organization, the CDC. Right now, Melinda and Bill Gates Foundation, you know, everybody knows who they are. They give us $2 for every $1 we donate wow. towards polio. So your $1 becomes $3 quite easily, and we're able to continue to fund this um, this project. And it's still a very... Um, near and dear project to almost every Rotarian because we got to see this eradicated. And what a lot of people don't know is with vaccines, some people are not vaccinating their kids. They're like, oh, I don't believe in vaccinations. When the real scary truth is we are one plane ride away for it coming back. Right. And we almost had that, but luckily it stayed into the sewer system of New York. We had a uh, test came back positive with polio, but it was in the sewer system. So we were able to easily rectify that before it could contaminate. Um, but my project for this year, starting <laughs> actually this month, if we generate $40,000 for polio, I am jumping in the river, Susquehanna River up in Lewisburg again <laughs> uh, in a bikini. <laughs> Last year when I did it, it was 28 degree uh, water temperature, wow. but I had a, I had a thermal suit on and I had rotary regalia all over me. But I said, if we hit 40,000, cause we raised 27 last year, I said, if we raise $40,000, I'll jump in in a bikini. <laughs> well, I'm and, risking life and limb. And if I know you, I, I think you'll figure out a way for that bikini to be rotary branded Absolutely. in some way. Yes. <laughs> yes. There will be rotary emblems on there. We love brand consistency. Absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to um, shift focus here a little bit and talk more about Washington County specifically, because sure. saying you've grown up here mm -hmm. and your family's been involved here forever, basically. Yep. Um, and as someone who grew up in the general area, grew up in Martinsburg, I've seen in my lifetime how much things have changed around here. Do you want to talk a bit? What, what do you think is the biggest change that's happened in this general region in your lifetime? Other, I mean, other than, you know, just the growth that we've seen. The growth has just been unreal, to yeah. tell you the truth. And actually, the growth in the last 10 years has almost tripled. Uh, Washington County. And I think we owe that a lot to the Interstate 70 and Interstate 81 junction. I mean, it is a hotspot for major companies. Like we now have Amazon here in Washington County. Uh, we have a couple other major warehouses that are coming in that'll be bringing jobs to the area. So that's a positive. Um, 
but the I think with everybody getting tired of the major city life is why everybody is now moving out west. We saw it with Frederick. Frederick immediately became, you know, extremely busy. And now people are even moving farther out west. Yeah, I did the opposite. I moved to Frederick. So <laughs> I'm fighting against it currently. Um, what, where do you think Rotary can benefit for itself, which then in turn benefits the community, kind of almost capitalizing off this growth? Well, right now, me uh, membership uh, with Rotary, we're back down to 1.2 million members around the world. We, uh, before COVID, we were at 1.4. Okay. So we had a major drop because of regular COVID issues, people moving away. One of our most negative uh, uh, membership issues is we had members just who became disengaged. Mm. Um, and that's actually worse than someone moving away uh, because that individual is still here in the community. So what our, our goal is to show that Rotary is a very viable, important aspect of this county. Um, and I, I use this, I use this focus. Last year, um, not a lot of people know that each year the president of Rotary International creates a theme to kind of give us inspiration, to give us motivation, something to unite under a banner. Um, it's not our logo, but it's just the general theme. I know Stephanie's, but that's kind of what it is. Last year, we had our first female president of Rotary International since its inception in 1905. Wow. Um, so that was a huge, huge milestone. But last year, she came up with the theme, Imagine, from the, uh, not John Denver. Uh, John Lennon. John Lennon's <laughs> Imagine. Um, but she came up with the the theme, imagine, and she asked us two questions in the beginning of every year. Imagine what you can do for Rotary. Imagine what Rotary can do for your community. And then there towards the end of her presidency, she asked us one final question. Imagine if Rotary wasn't here. Imagine if your club didn't exist. And what I was asking, and as I was spreading that news around, it, I was getting people to think about all the projects that every Rotary Club did. Um, if you go down Northern Avenue, you'll see the big, huge uh, Rotary uh, iron sign. That park is devoted to Rotary, Longmeadow Rotary Club. But if you look at all the hundreds of thousands of dollars that Rotary has helped raise for other nonprofits, that money was gone. That money was never there if Rotary wasn't around. The Bull and Oyster, big, huge uh, event for uh, Washington County and Hagerstown surrounding areas. All that money goes right back out to the community. Uh, each club does what we call capital grants. My club last year, we gave away $22,000 to nonprofits in the area. Hagerstown Rotary Club does exactly the same thing. I think theirs was about 30000 they gave away last year in community grants. So Rotary is such an intricate part to each community that it exists in, because without Rotary, there's things missing. There's projects not being done. People aren't getting fed because we help feed the hungry. Uh, at wintertime, we, a bunch of clubs actually come to reach um, the home, the cold weather shelter to help serve food. Those projects aren't getting done. So do you think that's the most important message to get across to kind of keep 
Rotary where it's at and continue to grow it and maybe get it back to those numbers? Or do you think there's something else Rotary can do to kind of restore it? It's, we're all trying to get back to pre-COVID. We're trying to get back numbers there. in life, right? Yep. And, so, and we're not going to see that. We're not going to see that original normal life. We're yeah. going to have a new normal. Yeah. And that's to be expected. You know, we all operate differently. Now we've seen COVID. COVID still kind of lingers around and it's kind of like a flu. But the most important thing I can say is why to keep Rotary around is because we need people in the community who care about the community, who care about the citizens in the community, who cares about every individual. And that's when we serve with the motto service above self. You know, <laughs> funny thing is I was going to be a priest a long, long time ago. Wow. That's a, that's a fun fact that wow. hardly very few people know about me. Getting some herb trivia here. <laughs> I did, right? Wow. Okay. But, you know, things being what it was, I did not feel that that was the right course, but this is the right course. I'm still kind of doing exactly the same thing. I'm serving my fellow man. Yeah. And, you know, you talked a lot about, you know, what if Rotary wasn't here and, and all of the projects that happened through Rotary and under the Rotary umbrella. The, and there's so much that Rotary facilitates that happens in the community that isn't even necessarily a Rotary project. Like it, it's a, a place for community-minded, like-minded individuals to come together. You know, I came back from a trip this morning and there was a note on my desk from a fellow Rotarian that had dropped off a flyer and said, Hey, we're, you know, we're doing this event. It supports this nonprofit. Totally not a Rotary event. Uh, but because it was a fellow Rotarian that said, this is important to me and this is what I'm doing. Would you support it? Absolutely. One of the first things that I did when I got back, hey, I know I'm late. I just got back in town. How can I help? Where do I send the check? What do you need? Like, no, you know, no questions asked. And that that be, that happened because of Rotary, but that event has nothing to do with Rotary. It's a different nonprofit. It's a different avenue serving the community. But it's just that central place for community-minded businesses and individuals to come together and make those connections. And you used a really good word, facilitate. And a lot of organizations like to dictate their projects where Rotary and like in our club, we have several lion members and we have a couple Kiwanis. I know there's two Kiwanians. Um, I think that's what they call themselves. Mm -hmm. Kiwanians in the other Hagerstown club. But essentially we help facilitate their projects too. John Huco, who is the Rotary International General Secretary, he worked just tirelessly on getting a week long, September 11th through the 17th, the Lions and the Kiwanians and the Optimists to do a project with Rotary to show our unification in the greater mission is to serve our community and the people. Hmm. Could you describe what those are real quick? What? The Lions and the... The Lions is the Lions Club. Okay. That everybody I'm, everybody knows the Lions Club. The Kiwanis is a smaller um, service organization. And the Optimists, believe it or not, I had to look it up what they are. They're female. It's a female organization. Okay. That's what they do. Gotcha. Um, and I thought they were called Sir Optimists, but they use that same... But there, there are other service organizations. There's a tons of service organizations out there. Um, and those are just two that John Hugh, our general secretary, asked us to do something with them, show our unification to our communities. Gotcha. Do you feel that Rotary plays a bit of a different role in smaller communities? Because we talked about how the way you 
you've been traveling and branching out. I'm sure you've been to plenty of communities that are a lot smaller than what this area is currently. Um, does it play a bit of a different role there? Absolutely. I'll give you an example. Um, Ringtown Rotary Club. Um, I was up there um, a couple of months ago. And as I drove into the town, very small town, I think the population is maybe 2,000, 2,500. It's a very small town. But as I drove through, there's only one in and one out of that town. <laughs> At the ends of each of those towns was big, huge, uh, our, what we call our mark of excellence, which is our rotary wheel. So if you've ever seen the rotary wheel, it says Rotary International. We call that our mark of excellence. There was a sign at each end. It, this is a rotary town. And as you got further in, it just says, slow down. Our rotary club wants to save children's lives or something like that. It mm. was further in. Then as I was heading to their club, where their club meets, I went past their ball field. It says Rotary Park. So in this instance, that small town really depends depends on that rotary club for keeping their park clean repairing benches you know uh, i think they were getting ready to do a trash can project where they were going to build you know nice clean plastic trash cans that had the rotary emblem on it for their park mm -hmm. to make it easier to empty trash and facilitate cleaning up after big huge events so the smaller towns yes the smaller towns depend on their club a lot more than maybe a big city that has five or six organizations. <laughs> Actually, I have an interesting story that will tie a rotary park back into EOS that we talk about a lot on this podcast. So mm -hmm. at Innovative, we use a, a system called Entrepreneurial Operating System. We talk about it a ton on this podcast. It was somewhat the inspiration for this podcast just to talk about leadership. Um, so I live in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania, and we have a fabulous uh, rotary park in Waynesboro. Mm -hmm. I walk my dog there all the time. Nice. It's very well kept. It has amazing playground equipment, walking trail, all kinds of things. And one of the tools that EOS has taught us to use is a tool called a clarity break. So you're to schedule, you know, an hour or two to think about a problem that you're having in your business and just take yourself offline, sit down with a blank sheet of paper and a pen, and just focus on this problem and just basically spend time with yourself thinking to give yourself time and space to think about how you might solve this problem. Really the concept of working on the business instead of in the business. And I found one of my favorite places to take my clarity break. I get my lunch. Uh, I take a notebook and I sit under the pavilion at Rotary Park in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania to take my cl clarity breaks. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it's awesome. Yeah. And Waynesboro Rotary Club is extremely involved in Waynesboro. I mm -hmm. mean, they do a golf tournament, but they also are predominantly responsible for that park. Yep. And again, here's that scenario that if imagine if that Waynesboro Rotary Club was not there, that park wouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't have the opportunity to sit somewhere nice and clean. Yeah. And, and you know, formulate her ideas. And I think kind of branching off of the idea of a clarity break and just kind of relieving a little bit of stress or clearing your mind. You do a lot of travel. We have a busy schedule. How do you manage the stress or stay motivated when some days it's probably and maybe it's not maybe every day is great but when it's a little harder to get out of bed on some days not every day is great i yeah. mean i everybody sees me and they, they always say oh you've always got a smile when do you ever <laughs> not smile i'm like well there are times when i need a downtime and i either will put in a movie that's very inspirational or uplifting or it allows me to release some of my pent up energy 
in an emotional release. And that's always a good thing. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I do to really kind of get me geared up is I do car karaoke as I'm driving. And I know <laughs> I, Stephanie's probably seen some of the car karaoke that I do. I go live and I sing right <laughs> along. And that's awesome. It, yeah. But that that's that's my get up and move. Yeah. Let's get rolling. Healthy way to get going and mm -hmm. get your energy up. Yep. That's cool. I like to ask people that because we have on so many people who are in these leadership leadership positions. And I know for a fact that even though they come in here and like energy's up for a podcast, it's like there are there have to be days where it's tough. And I, I'm always interested in how people kind of deal with that because if they've gotten to this point. They've, they've gotten through some stuff in their life, I'm sure. And we, we hear about these personal journeys. So I'm always interested to, to hear what, what people do when they mm -hmm. just kind of need that. And there's up. days that if I don't have anything going on and I don't have to be at the restaurant to do anything, or if I don't have to do any Zoom meetings with any Rotarians, I will sit my happy butt right on the couch and I will just totally veg. <laughs> <laughs> you need that sometimes. Oh, absolutely. You got to recharge a little You got to kind of recharge. <laughs> You know, we just we talked about a lot about what Rotary is and then a little bit. This is a leadership podcast. And one of the awesome things about Rotary, I mean, you've had the benefit of coming up through several leadership positions. Rotary provides a lot of tools and training to teach you how to be a better leader. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? And um, I know I just started my journey through Rotary Leadership Institute, which is a, a fabulous program. Mm -hmm. You know, what what tools and leadership lessons have you learned through Rotary's resources that they provide? Sure. So. As the secretary, I kind of was just shown what I need to do to maintain the club. Then as uh, the vice president, I kind of was in charge of bringing in speakers. That's pretty much the predominant responsibility for the vice president or president-elect. But at the end of that term, the president-elect goes to what we call PETS. That is president-elect training. And right now, my district uh, shares a pets training with 7280 and 7305. Uh, there are the surrounding areas of Pittsburgh, uh, smaller ge uh, geographical um, districts, but the one district has like 80 clubs wow. versus my 71. Um, but what we do is we combine forces. It makes it a little bit more cost effective to kind of share that. But the other part of that is there is the social engagement, the getting to know other Rotarians and that is very important because as this president, as the president becomes the president of their club, they have to be able to, they, they need that resource of surrounding presidents. So Ashley um, Whaley, who's the president of the Hagerstown Sunrise, she knows Matt Bernelli, who's the president of the Hagerstown Rotary Club. She also knows Jonathan Harrell, who's the Williamsport, Maryland Rotary Club. So that's very important for that president role. Now, after president, um, I immediately was asked to become the area governor of Washington County. That's kind of the next step because I did, well, they said I did a good job. So I think that's probably why they hired me. <laughs> <laughs> so they took me and they said, we want you to do the same thing to the five clubs in Washington County. Now there's only four now. But they said do the same thing. So I had to do some training to be an area governor, primarily conflict resolution, a larger understanding of our data system to help clubs manage their, their membership. So I did that for three years. Um, in my second year, the district governor at the time asked me to be our public image 
uh, chair as well, which is something you can do with the other job because it's mostly social media, posting on websites and, and creating that that drive for people to actually look at social media and like, oh, this is what they're doing today. At the tail end of that, um, I was approached to, you know, we think you should be a district governor. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I am not retired. I am a full-time working individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not have time to do that. But as it developed, I started taking, and uh, Stephanie's taking it, what we call RLI, it's Rotary Leadership Institute. Now, every Rotarian can take that. That doesn't mean you're going to get picked to be a district leader although we're going to come after you. <laughs> there is a hook there somewhere, and I'm not telling you well, where it's let's at. Let's go back to being a working individual <laughs> and time. <laughs> uh, but luckily, I was able to structure my work life around the potential of being district governor. And I thought, okay, I think I can do this. Well, as soon as I'm elected, I become the district governor nominee. And then there's training that's involved. Literally hours and hours of Zoom meetings. Um, then I'm the district governor elect. And at that point it's in-person trainings and zoom trainings. And we have this wonderful, um, website. It's called, uh, leadership objectives where you can go in and there's, I mean, (laughs) if I had to take a guess, there's probably thousands and thousands of hours of different levels of education that you can go and do through with rotary. And it's, it affects both your work life. Uh, there We have what we call Toastmasters. I'm sure you've heard of Toastmasters. Mm-hmm. That gives uh, us district governors that training to be able to speak in front of large crowds and know when to stop talking and when to, you know, eye contact and when to ask questions to help that facilitation. Um, so RLI is a phenomenal program. And I encourage everywhere, Terry, to do that, whether they have leadership objectives or um, goals or not. So once I'm done all my district governor-elect training, the last training is, of course, in Florida, where every district governor-elect in the world comes to Orlando, Florida, to be given the final trainings to be DG. Wow. You said at first, being district governor, you're like, that's a lot. What was it that clicked that made you realize, I, I do, I should do this, or I want to do this? Well, that's a, hmm. But that's a very good question. What clicked? Well, I had one past district governor said, uh, specifically when I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, then you're going to have about 40 some people who are going to be really mad at you because they thought you would be great. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but I had a conversation with my husband and told him, you know, what does he think? And, you know, he agreed. He's like, oh, no, I think you could be a great district governor, you know, Um and the the rule is, as soon as I'm done being DG, I get to, I have to take a whole year off. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's little, the only negative about this is I've been gone from Kurt for a long time. So. Wow. Well, so a little compromise there. Mm-hmm. A little compromise. <laughs> but a great opportunity, nonetheless. But yeah, I think what finally clicked is me looking at, could I do what I did with the club to the district? Mm. And the answer came out as, oh, yeah, I, I think I can do this. Wow, that's awesome. And I also think you touched on something important. I mean, you have the support and uh, engagement and understanding of your family. And, you know, Kurt 
being a fellow Rotarian, a past club president. Yeah, he got like, me into all this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he understood what you were signing up for, and it was something that you both took mm-hmm. seriously and put thought into what, you know, what is this going to mean? I mean, the, I think that's so important to anyone considering taking on a leadership position of this magnitude. You need a support system and you need the people in your life to understand the commitment that you've made and the mm-hmm. scale of the commitment, which um, you know, and shout, Kurt out, has to, shout huge, out to Kurt. Yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> shout out to Kurt. He definitely was a huge support and he understood and uh, he was fine until I became district governor elect when he realized that he had to go through spouse training with Rotary. <laughs> wow. So, and he's like, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what so, does that look like? So they've changed it over the years. Uh, there used to be a part of the district governor elect spouse training was learn how to pack for him. <laughs> really, man. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> his his words I won't I won't repeat on here, but it was something along the line, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they've changed it over the years. And this year, Kurt was uh he loved the spouse training because they got to do some projects together. He got connected with other partners, others, uh, what we call in rotary, we call them partners, but he got connected with other partners and that he still maintains that friendship connection. Um, in fact, there was one time we were me and my counterparts. I call them the counterparts of the other two districts. We became great friends. We were coming down the escalator and Kurt with, uh, my one counterpart's wife, was in the middle of all these other partners. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't look good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, God, please tell me you didn't start a riot. <laughs> yeah, I just never heard of something. I've never heard of a, a spouse training for a Well, for a and it's a more about building the support system. Yeah. You know, that's what they continue to go over that, you know, your, your partner, who's now going to be district governor, is going to be utilized a lot. Yeah. Um, and it could be, the normal, or it can be buku absorbed, like I am. Like I'm probably very heavily traveled as DG, um, and I like that. But they, they, not insisted, but they showed the partners that they're taking on this huge role. It, it's really important for you to be there as a supportive partner. Wow. Yeah, because I mean, I guess this stuff is as much as you love it, it can be a lot and mm-hmm. it can be difficult. And so to have that understanding going in, I think that's pretty valuable that they're willing to put that out there because yeah. you're not trying to snatch somebody into a job exactly. and then it's like, oh, this is <laughs> terrible. Why would you ask me to do this? Exactly. So, and Kurt and I have been together for prior to me being DG 19 years. So I think we, we nice. have our communication down. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite thing about Rotary, your Rotary journey, Ben? Mm, my favorite favorite thing about Rotary. Actually, you know, it really is about meeting the other Rotarians. Um, Some of the things that I've been saying in some of my travels at uh, other Rotary clubs is get out of your area. Now, Mm -hmm. we put our clubs in what we call areas. Like, I have 16 areas in my district. So, each area has like between three to five Rotary clubs. But what I've been saying to them is get out of your area. Okay, you know everybody in your area. Okay, now go three areas away. Mm-hmm. And they you'll be very surprised. And I think you have seen mm-hmm. that quite clear because you came from another district. Mm-hmm. To meet the other clubs, to see what they're doing, to see how they're doing it. 
and take that back to your club or take that energy. You know, I was just at a very small club. They have 13 Rotarians. But let me tell you, I've never laughed as much as I did with these <laughs> these Rotarians. They just they were carrying on, having a good time. They kept telling me, oh, the food that you're going to get, it's going to be a huge plate. Oh, my God, I couldn't even eat half the lasagna. Uh, <laughs> it was just huge. <laughs> but it, they have that. That they have that collaborative energy and that um, that ability to share each other's spirit. And when you go and you visit these clubs that have that, you take a little bit with you and you want to bring it back to your club and say, hey, guess where I just was? And guess what they do? Yeah, I think visiting other Rotary clubs has been one of the most fun experiences. I think every Rotarian should visit other clubs, especially if you can get outside of your district. I know I, I'd love to visit some international clubs at some point while I'm traveling. I always try to look and see if there's a local Rotary club and when they meet. And I unfortunately haven't had schedules lined up to be able to visit a lot. Um, There's a ton of them in Miami. Yeah, it's a a great experience. And I think um, like Rotary Leadership Institute and getting the opportunity to sit in rooms and learn with people who are from other clubs and, you know, well, this is how we do it or this is how... This is how this other club does it. I mean, I think we were talking about classification talks and somebody said, well, we don't do classification talks. And then once they started talking about what they do with their new members, we're like, you do classification talks. You just don't call them that, you know, just little, (laughs) little things of different nuances to how different clubs operate. Um, And actually one of my other questions that I did want to ask you. So we talked a lot about your leadership role and rotary and what that means. And obviously rotary is a volunteer organization, a service organization. That's very different from being a leader in a a business. And personally, I think it's could be a little bit more challenging um, being that you're, you're leading people that you you can't force them to do anything. They're not getting a paycheck. (laughs) Um, They're not accountable to you for anything that they rely on. Um, so what is that like? How do you, how do you lead people who are a hundred percent volunteers? One of the uh, courses that I took before becoming district governor is how to motivate your Rotarians, how to, uh, get them to see the good that they really are doing. And a couple of years ago we had a, there was a district governor, uh, who tried to micromanage and you can't micromanage volunteers. That's one of the first things that you learn in this program. You cannot micromanage a volunteer. You're, you're just literally going to just say, Oh, goodbye. Yeah. And the thing that I tell everybody is when you got, when we were all kids, we all had hobbies and those hobbies were what? Fun. They were, that's why you did them. Right. Yeah. So that same concept we have to apply to our clubs and our projects and our district, because if we're not having fun, then why are we doing it? Because right now we pay to be a volunteer. Right. So in that, in that instance, that can be initially a very, Oh, I got to pay to volunteer. Yeah. But if we make it fun while we're out there painting a fence or stripping a wall and, and painting it or putting a sink in, or, you know, you know, helping feed hungry. If we don't make that project inspirational or fun or rewarding, they're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. They're going to stop. They're going to quit. Well, even, I mean, talking about volunteer work, 
I mean, we get paid to work here and uh, you sound like you have worked here for years <laughs> saying that because it, it literally is kind of the mantra. It's like, we can't have some fun. That's because that. your boss is a Rotarian. Yeah, there it is. Yep. Yep. Well, and, that, and that is a, a perfect connection to make. Um, actually, Jason and I were having this conversation. Jason is also a, a, a past president mm-hmm. of the Hagerstown Club. And he was like, you know, leadership in a service organization is such a great experience for any business leader to have because if you can motivate people that you're not paying Mm -hmm. you can motivate other people and if you can motivate your employees in the same way that you would motivate volunteers then you're going to have a much happier Mm -hmm. much more productive way back way back 15 20 years ago it was it was more predominant then than it is now but to have rotary on your working resume Mm -hmm. employers were like oh they're a rotarian oh they served as a club president oh they have leadership skills because that's what rotary was built on is building leaders in the community when paul harris first started with his uh friends in chicago four four fathers who started rotary it was business leaders yep and then they started to rotate meeting locations to each business and then it became a networking mm. and to this day rotary is still a networking it's business owners connecting with another business owner like hey you know i've got a project coming up and i could really use a good price on wood yep or anything of that nature and it's a great connection that rotary makes yeah and when when you are in business and if you have a lot of Rotarians in your business, you're led by a Rotarian. When you're doing business with another Rotarian, there's just kind of a level, there's a level of trust there. Um, There's a level of respect because you, you recognize that you have similar values, similar ways to approach things. Um, I can't believe we've gotten through 45 minutes of talking about Rotary and the four-way test hasn't come up. (laughs) I was just starting to think. I'm like, this is going to segue right into the four-way test. (laughs) Um, But I mean, you know, is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Like when you're negotiating a business problem with somebody else that you're doing business with and, you know, maybe it's an invoice discrepancy of, well, I thought I was, you know, going to have to pay this or why are you billing me that? Okay, let's look at it through the lens of what is fair to everybody here. And there's just, there's a baseline that that creates when you're doing business with other Rotarians that makes it so easy. You know, not not to say that other people that are non-Rotarians don't embody those values, but when you are dealing with a Rotarian, you, you know it right off of the bat and you're speaking a common language. And what Stephanie was starting to allude, allude to, Ryan, is we live and breathe by a four-way test. In fact, the way we started is of the things we think, say, and do, is it the truth? We always look to make sure, are we dealing with the truth scenario? Mm. Is it fair to all concern? In other words, we look at what's going to happen. And is it fair to every one of those individuals that this decision is going to make? Is it beneficial to all concern? You know, is it going to benefit these individuals? And then, of course, the last one is, will it build goodwill and better friendships? Of course, I have those two reversed, but <laughs> it's that same four-way. We look at everything that we do, and we analyze it with that four-way test. And it's been our our way of doing things mm-hmm. for years. Wow. And a lot of us have the number five. Is it fun? Yeah. That's, that's powerful. I mean, you can use that in life. That doesn't have to mm-hmm. do with any <laughs> professional or volunteer interactions. Yeah. I mean, you could use that every day of your life. And um, I think these conversations kind of exemplify what this podcast is about is talking about people and how to navigate 
relationships with people, business relationships, and also having fun, which I think we've had some fun today. Also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I live by my, I have my own personal motto, and it is we can have a lot of fun and still do a lot to help the world. Absolutely. And I, I've been living that since I was the president of a club is because we can do a lot, but we can also still have fun while doing Mm-hmm. You know, it may not be the the best thing putting a well in in Desaline, Haiti, but you know what? We had fun raising the money for it. We had fun when we sent three of our Rotarians down there, four of our Rotarians down there to start the pumps up. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a great thing. Oh yeah, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned children in need uh, earlier in the show. And a few years ago, I think, Ryan, this was before you worked at Innovative, one of our, we talk about our mandatory fun outings. Uh, We went to Children in Need as a team, and we did one of the closed sorting afternoons. And we had so much fun. Wait, was that the night where uh, Hagerstown Hopes? Was that that night? No, this was a, it was an afternoon. Um, So at Innovative, we have what we call mandatory fun, where we take an afternoon and, you know, Good job. For, for the, Good for the job, Jason. Part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with the exception of kind of a skeleton crew, because we still have to answer the phones and serve our customers, we try to take the whole team out to do something fun together. And um, one afternoon, we went and we sorted clothes at Children in Need. And at first, everybody was like, oh, like, I mean, because usually we go, we just did a river float. We play laser tag. <laughs> like, we do stuff like that. Um but we had the best time. And honestly, I was pretty new, I think, at that point in time. And that is, I think, the mandatory fun where I really got to know a lot of people. Because, and this is one of the things I've always said about Rotary. Yes, go to the meetings. That's important. But how you get to know people is go to the service projects. Roll your sleeve up. Work side by side with people. You're going to work next to the CEO of a bank and attorneys and lawyers and, um, you know, people that work at the convenience store, like anyone and everyone, and they're all rolling their sleeves up and working side by side and getting things done. Um, Mm -hmm. And that that's just how you get to know each other. And that was super fun to do as a, as a company. Yep. That's awesome. That's a great message. And I think we can end on that note. Uh, Again, one of these podcasts that could, we could have talked all afternoon. So this is great. (laughs) Herb Smith, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Steph, thank you for traveling all the way from Miami to be here. This Just is, for me? Oh, they, 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 I had to, they made me come back. They wouldn't let me stand in the hotel uh, forever. <laughs> um, but thank you again, everybody, for listening. Uh, this has been great. And we will see you next time on Innovative Leadership.